Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can give them a call. Go to the website. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including William Yateman. He's a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll also visit with Marina Berkovich. She's the author of her book, uh, Growing Up Through My Dresses. She grew up in Soviet, the Soviet Union. Glad to be here. She's uh, now uh, written a piece of music, that actually, to Imagine. You made the Beatles a uh, hit. Uh, the name of this is Reimagine. We'll also visit with Dr. Chad Savage. He is a uh, the founder of Your Choice Direct Care. We'll talk about direct care, but also his column, Will the Real Joe Biden Please Stand Up on Health Care? We'll also visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. And he is the president and founder of Executive Management Services, doing business in over 40 states and over 6,000 employees. It is October the 30th, and on this day in 1991, the so-called perfect storm hit the North Atlantic, producing remarkably large waves along the New England and Canadian coasts. Over the next several days, the storm spread its fury over the ocean off the coast of Canada. The fishing boat Andrea Gale and its six-member crew were lost in the storm. The disaster spawned the best-selling book, The Perfect Storm, by Sebastian Younger, a blockbuster Hollywood movie of the same name. I read the book. It was just absolutely terrific. How awful to uh, these these uh, waves got up to over 100 feet in some places that actually should have been called a hurricane but never was classified as a hurricane. They had a week-long search uh, for the Andrea Gale, and a possible cause of its demise, demise was documented in his book. Again, the Andrea Gale uh, was never, ever found. Amazing story, and amazing how powerful nature can be in, under those circumstances. A hundred foot waves. Well, the Florida Department of Health reported 78 new cases of COVID-19 and no additional deaths in Cuyahoga County on Thursday. The 279 cases added since Monday for Cuyahoga County is the most in a 72 period since 72 hour period since August the 13th to the 15th, when we had 310 cases. So it looks like we're spiking a little bit, uh, although uh, there are only 40 people and uh, patients in the hospital with COVID-19. So certainly the healthcare system is not being overwhelmed. Uh, the, another great turnout for uh, the Donald Trump rally signups in Goodyear, Arizona. 17,251 folks signed up. 19.5% were not percent were not Republican. Now, that's significant. That correlates with uh, some of the many other rallies. 35.7% did not vote in 2016. Just amazing. So can you imagine a single Republican showing up at a Biden rally? I certainly can't. But uh, just think about this. Uh, 20% were not Republicans showing up for the Trump rally. Well, Republicans have closed Democrats' early voting lead in Florida by about 300,000 votes since early uh in-person voting began and only trail in the state by three points. 
uh, five days before the election. Democrats' early voting across the state is actually falling well short of what they would need to win if they lose Election Day. That, according to uh, John Pudner, again, the advantage goes to the Republicans in the state of Florida. Forbes polling indicates that roughly half of all voters plan to vote early, with 62% of Democrats planning to vote early, while 72% of Republicans plan to wait to vote on Election Day. I did not know that. It's so interesting. Pudner wrote, if uh, that happened and independents split evenly last time Trump won them, then Democrats would need to win early voting at least 70% to 30% to be on pace to barely overcome the 31% to 69% disadvantage in partisan Election Day votes. The early day voting uh, results in the battleground state of Florida looking similar to the numbers for Michigan and Wisconsin. Uh, according to Pudner, these all states are kind of lining up uh, for Trump, which is great. I don't necessarily understand the, the uh, logic here in terms of early, early voting, but I'm certainly glad to hear about it. Uh, looks like uh, Trump has the lead in Florida. The U.S. Supreme Court declined on Wednesday to take up a challenge to North Carolina's decision to allow absentee ballots to be received and counted as late as nine days after voters head to the polls. Now, they do declare, however, that uh, the postmark has to be uh, by November the 3rd to qualify for the count, but they're going to give them some extra days to count. Hopefully, these absentee ballots will not matter on November the 3rd because of the overwhelming uh, vote in favor of the winner. President Donald Trump thanked legendary golf, uh, golfer Jack Nicklaus on Wednesday for a thoughtful endorsement of his re-election. You can find the, his letter, Jack Nicklaus's letter, probably on most major websites. Uh, thank you. Thank you. This is a great honor, Trump wrote to, in Twitter. Thank you. Very thoughtful letter that Nicholas wrote. He said, through the years, I've been blessed to be personally to know several presidents on both sides of the aisle. All were good people, all loved the country, and all believed in the American dream. Then he talked about his experience with President Trump and uh, getting to know him. He's been disappointed with uh, uh, the way he's been treated by Congress and the uh, and by the media, but then he finishes, but if we want to continue to have the opportunity to pursue the American dream and not evolve into a socialist America and have the government run your life, then I strongly recommend you consider Donald J. Trump for another four years. I certainly have and already cast my vote for him, as I did, uh, Jack Nicholas. Thank you for writing this letter. By the way, he's, he's a big deal. He won 18 major titles uh, between 1962 and 86, and 73 PGA Tour wins. Amazing, amazing record. The Golden Bear. Uh, by the way, Trump uh, actually uh, golfed with Nicholas and uh, Tiger Woods in February 2019 at his club in Juniper, Florida. Now, amid the uh, Biden family corruption scandal, the Department of Justice confirmed that Hunter Biden and his business associates are under active investigation by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. According to Sinclair Broadcast Group journalist James Rosen, you may recall he was uh, with uh, Fox News at one time, a Justice Department official confirmed that the FBI launched a criminal investigation into Hunter Biden and his associates in 2019, focused on allegations of money laundering. The probe remains open and active today, Rosen reported. It's kind of curious because uh, I'd heard, uh, read someplace a while ago that there was an active investigation, but it was dropped because of the chain of evidence, because of the laptop but now they're insisting that the uh, investigation is ongoing. In fact, uh, 
the uh, Banakovich, I've forgotten his name, but nevertheless, uh, he was interviewed apparently by six FBI agents on October the 23rd. So I don't know if they're putting the investigation back together or what's going on, but it looks very suspicious to me, quite frankly. Um, and the reason for that is I wonder if the FBI realizes they should have been active in an investigation or trying to throw it back together. Should be investigated, in my opinion. Well, the U.S. economy grew at a record-shattering pace in the third quarter as businesses reopened for the coronavirus shutdown. But the nation remains in a deep hole from COVID-19-induced recession. Now, even though we had this record uh, increase in domestic, gross, uh, domestic product, 33.1%, on an annualized basis, still the economy is uh, 3.5% uh, smaller than at the end of 2019. So we haven't gotten back to where we were at the end of 2019. The big concern I have right now, and we should all be concerned about, is the fact that we have unemployment insurance running out. It's many of these people, this all happened. It's nobody's fault, that it, except for perhaps China's, that this happened. We need additional stimulus, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen, unfortunately, uh, by the time uh, of uh, the election. We can't let this economy fall apart. The mayor of Philadelphia imposed a curfew last night in an attempt to quell the ongoing rioting and looting. Shockingly, many of the people who were already in the process of breaking any number of laws didn't follow his orders and set out to continue the mayhem. So why would looters continue emptying the shelves of all the city's stores after they've been put on notice by the municipal government? Perhaps it's because they'd heard that cops had been ordered not to arrest any of the looters. That's right, you heard it correctly. The cops were told to simply disperse the looters and not to take them into custody. This comes uh, one of the local Fox News reporters who'd heard it directly from multiple police sources. Philadelphia's in a lot of trouble. Violent hoodlums have taken over the streets under the false pretense of protesting the death of Walter Wallace. At least the governor had set up the National Guard, but they've been told they're in supporting roles. The mayor's efforts has declared a curfew are failing, and the police are under the, uh, the command of someone who sees the idea of arresting criminals as a problem in our society. That might be a good time to flee Philadelphia for a while if, you're, if you have the means to do so. It's very sad indeed, frankly, that you look at these municipalities where they refuse to enforce the law. We're talking about Portland, Philadelphia, other municipalities. Uh, this is what happens. You need to enforce the law. If you have the laws on the books, they need to be enforced. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company, johnsonsairconditioning.com, also by Life and Mate Naples magazine. Visit lifeinnaples.net to find out more. Coming up, I'm going to be visiting with William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lula Bee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. By the way, uh, Lulabee's Kitchen at St. Matthew's House just opened, grand opening. Of course, that sounds familiar. That's Lulabee's Diner. The owner, Jerry Holacek, and her family foundation created the, the, the capital in order to fund Lulabee's Kitchen. But visit Lulabee's Diner. They also have Uber Eats and takeout at uh, Lulabee's Diner for breakfast and lunch. They're in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Marina Berkovich, grew up in the Soviet Union. Such an interesting story. Right now we have with us William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure indeed. And tell us about the Cato Institute. You bet. We're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website. C-A-T-O.org. Now, William, um, we were, if the saga of the William of the Michael Flynn case has just gone on and on. Now I understand that the Department of Justice has weighed in on the, the uh, what's going on there. Maybe you could tell us about it. Indeed. Well, a brief recap. Um, we've discussed this the Flynn saga so many times. Yeah. Uh, the, he got railroaded um, by the FBI during Obama's lame duck session. The Trump administration's Department of Justice, after an internal review, decided to drop the charges, um, notwithstanding the fact that both parties in the case seek for the charges to be dismissed. Judge Sullivan, Emmett Sullivan, of the uh, District, Federal District Court for the District of Columbia, for months has been prosecuting this case uh, essentially on his own. Um, and the sort of the, the big question over the last few months has been, how long will he keep this case going? Um, and in particular, will he keep it going past the election 
which raises the troubling prospect that were Trump to lose, that Biden could again decide to prosecute Flint, that he yeah. could go from, you know, this sort of flip-flop-flip. Um, the unfortunate answer uh, appears to be that he's going to drag his feet um, for <laughs> certainly past uh, the election next week. Um, the latest developments were the, in a highly unusual move. Judge Sullivan asked the, the ordered the Justice Department to certify all of its evidence is true and correct under mm-hmm. the uh, penalty of perjury. Uh, again, highly unusual move but this late in the game, given the posture of the case that we've discussed numerous times. That is, neither party is seeking the result that evidently Sullivan is seeking. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate. It is I, I think I've, I've used the term a travesty of justice a number of times, and, and I really do believe that Flynn has been twisting in the wind for years now, and it's unacceptable. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. This can continue like this. It's, uh, you know, actually, it's just judicial activism, and it's worse, quite frankly. And uh, he he should be disbarred, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I'm loath to, to go that far, but I'll say this. Um, it's a core bedrock principle of due process that your your judge is not supposed to be biased. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, here, the judge is litigating the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the essence of bias. We have an adversarial legal system. Um, so it's, it's just, it's, it's unusual, if not unprecedented. And it, again, there's a human being involved, regardless of, of one's politics, um, you know, the, the, the railroad, I, use, I, don't, I don't use that term lightly, but yeah. you know, he got the short end of the stick. I mean, basically, it was a political crim- a criminalization of politics, if you will. Um, and this has gone on for four years. And the pro- it, 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 Judge Sullivan gets what uh, he apparently intends to get. Yeah. Um, there's the potential that, that, again, he could be re-prosecuted and th- this whole sort of uh, dragged through the ringer again. So it's... Uh, um, it troubles me, and it should trouble anyone, regardless of their politics, who cares about civil liberty. Well, you know, this this underscores the importance of having uh, judges who uh, honor the rule of law and the Constitution, as of, for example, Amy Coney Barrett, who was just uh, uh, confirmed in her nomination at 40 days after the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. In any event, the, the president has, has uh, put in place, well, the Senate and the president put in place uh, 300 uh federal judges as well as three uh supreme court justices just an amazing accomplishment and all dedicated to the rule of law uh here here and uh, again i'm a libertarian who's neither republican nor democrat but Mm -hmm. um he president trump has nominated some outstanding jurists to the federal bench and and I'll, i'll note this it's the first time and i can't remember how many administrations but it's been decades that there is not a single open seat on the U.S. Court of Appeals, um, or on any of them, on any of the 13 circuit courts for the U.S. Appeals. Uh, that's a big deal, and that is a very big feather in the president's cap. Absolutely. Well, there is one. Amy Coney Barrett's seat on the 7th uh, District, I guess it is, is now uh, open. I believe he has. Actually, he's nominated someone for that one. Oh, has so he I, really? What I meant to be, so I shouldn't have said open seats. I meant when there was no... Uh, no yeah. one nominated, no one slated the <laughs> That's outstanding. So uh, before I let you go, the uh, Supreme Court refused to hear the case in, I guess it was uh, Pennsylvania, about uh, absentee ballots. They're, uh, they're giving up to nine days 
after the election to count absentee ballots as long as they're postmarked by election day, November the 3rd. Any comments or thoughts on that? I'm in this realm. I'm a fan of judicial restraint. I mean, if the fact is, it was a state law that had been interpreted that has been interpreted by a state supreme court. Um, this is in both Pennsylvania and North Carolina. Mm. Um, so, I'm, uh, without having delved deeply into the details of either case, mm-hmm. um, I do say as a general principle that I, I, I like a hands-off approach um, on, on, on these sorts of issues, mm, um, you know, the electoral matters um, from the federal bench vis-a-vis state action. Yeah, and, and before I let you go, last last comments about Amy Coney, Coney Barrett's uh, uh, nomination and confirmation. Do you have any constitutional issue at all? I mean, a lot of the uh, liberals have raised a lot of concerns about uh, the process and how it was handled do you see anything, uh, any uh, problems there? Absolutely none. Um, you know, I, I, I bemoan the fact that, uh, you know, the New York Times published seven simultaneous columns uh, or editorials pushing for court packing. Um, I, I find it remarkable that uh, I didn't hear any about the, anything about this when Obama was president. Um, just uh, the breadth of learned opinion that wants to change the rules of the game um, now that they perceive uh, a conservative majority on the court, um, I find that outrageous. I also welcome them to do so. Uh, please, I, 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 I'm highly confident that the American people would reject court packing and that independents in particular would find it loathsome. Um, so, uh, you know, if, 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 if that's the path they want to go down, then please, I, 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 after them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you may even, again, uh, uh, research fellow at the Cato Institute. I encourage you to visit the website, cato.org, C-A-T-O dot org. William, always appreciate your most informed and interesting commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Marina Berkovich. Interesting woman. She wrote a book called My Life Through My Dresses. In other words, a significant uh, portion of her life were defined by the dresses she was wearing at the occurrences of growing up in the uh, Soviet Union. She's also now written the words to, and uh, her husband has composed, uh, and we're going to hear a little bit of it, Reimagine. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples.
Gulf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board. Just one of the initiatives is creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Dr. Chad Savage. He wrote a call and call with a real Joe Biden. Please stand up on health care. We'll talk about that. Right now we have with us Marina Berkovich. Marina grew up in the Soviet Union. She wrote a book about her life. It's called uh, My Life Through My Dresses. It is a terrific read. Marina, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Thank you very much for inviting me. Always a pleasure, Marina. And, uh, you know, we're kind of at our crossroads right now in the country. Just coming from the Soviet Union, uh, and growing up there, you must be surprised by how little people tra treasure their freedom and uh, the opportunities they have here in the United States. Well, at this point in the game and four days before the election, actually questioned the sanity of people who grew up in the comfort of the United States of America with all of its right, constitutional rights. Um, and uh, their desire to espouse socialism or dictatorial behavior of certain uh, members of Congress and the Democrat Party, and especially uh, the Democrat Party candidate who's running for the office at this moment. Well, you've uh, actually. That is not to say that I'm against two party system, that is to say that there is obviously a huge disparity between the promises of uh, liberty and freedom and the dictatorial most behavior of you vote for Democrats so you're not with us, get off this train. Right. I mean, I would define it the difference between gloom and doom and opportunity moving forward. So, you know, you wrote, uh, I, I think this is just terrific, the, of course, the Beatles' great song was Imagine. You've uh, written uh, new words uh, for the melody. It's called Reimagine. Your husband, Alexander Goldstein, has uh, created a wonderful YouTube uh, video of this. Now, we can't uh, show the video, but I'd like to play just a little bit of it, Marina. Here, here we go. I'm hopeful. Reimagine there's no Biden and no Pelosi too. No hate against our POTUS. 
love for Christians and Jews. Reimagine all the people praying for the USA. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. We will reimagine our country, and Democrats will cheer for Trump. Now, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> that is absolutely. Well, you know, my imagination actually ran wild with that one. But, you know, there is a huge movement, as everybody knows, of uh, exiting the Democrat Party because a lot of people, thankfully, see the crossroads we are at because it's, um, you know, um, socialism is a regression to expectations that a lot of nations have tried already to this point. And the little exercise of not having toilet paper last spring should have told people, should have given people the, a clue of how horrible things could be all their lives, but no, not yet. Although I am uh, very thankful that a lot of people are exiting the Democrat Party and uh, away from socialism and away from all of that, you know, apart from economic disaster, it's going to be a political disaster because immediately, almost immediately, we would start losing our freedoms. Just like we are losing them on Facebook, Twitter, and all the other social media networks. Well, and I think it's so important to hear it from you because you did grow up in the Soviet Union as a little uh, as a young girl, Uh, and when you came, what you came to the United States when you're what age? Actually, yesterday was my forty-first anniversary of leaving uh, my city of birth, which is Kiev, and I was eighteen at the time. I was a legal adult, and it was my initiative to uh, leave the USSR because it was the land of no opportunity for people in principle and me being Jewish, uh, for me in particular, because Jews were, there was no imaginary discrimination, no imaginary institutionalized systematic discrimination. It was actually a real one, and people were prevented from entering universities, not giving scholarships to enter them prevented from entering them if they were Jewish. Yeah, so it's just an amazing story. And you came literally penniless to the United States and ended up creating a wonderful life for yourself here in the United States. And, it, you know, we are at this crossroads. By the way, I want to mention this reimagined video. It's on YouTube, and uh, we play just a few... A few, well, actually, the first stanza of of the. Uh, it's about five and a half minutes, and I encourage you to. It's just artistically extremely well done. So you can go to YouTube and how how would you find? It? I guess just Marina Berkovich or uh, reimagine. Well, no, you just reimagine um, music video and on YouTube, and it's it's going to pop up. Reimagine again is the uh, reimagine is the uh, name obviously drawn on. Uh, John Lennon's Imagine. Right. So, uh, Marina, you know, by the way, I do want to mention your book, too, uh, Growing Up Through My Dresses. And uh, why why the title Growing Up Through My Dresses? Well, actually, the title is, I'm so sorry to say, Bob, uh, the title is My Life Through My Dresses, Growing Up Socialist. Ah, thank you. And uh, the reason that I use my dresses, as one of my readers says, is not because I had too many, but because I had so few that I actually you know, told my story of growing up deprived of, of many things. And I actually grew up in a very dysfunctional family, in a dysfunctional country, in a dysfunctional city. 
And my dresses were a really good mechanism to show the people of just how horrible the Soviet lifestyle was, how horrible the, the brainwashing process was kind of um, affect it has on a young person's mind and how long it takes to um, undo it. Because I think I'm still, you know, 41 years later, I'm still undoing that damage. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's very important what we are put through during the first phase of our life, which is our childhood. And, um, you know, we're watching this right now happening in the United States with the children here who are, you know, um, um, are pretty much, you know, told not to express their opinion in the way that maybe they want to because I've, I've been hearing lots of horror stories about children in schools and um, even right now if they're not attending school still being indoctrinated with many things that they should not be actually undergoing through as they're in school system. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, right now, it used to be that the Democrat Party stood up for free speech, wanted to protect the individual freedoms that all of us have. And now what we're seeing, kind of a flip-flop on that, it's that now is that uh, you can say anything you want as long as we agree with it. <laughs> it's pretty much... Well, yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, I, I like saying that, you know, uh, JFK and Martin Luther King are probably turning over in their graves because mm. this is not at all the way that they imagine things. And certainly, you know, John Lennon, who I have no idea who he voted for, what his political opinion was in terms of United States election. But certainly when he wrote Imagine, he wasn't imagining that people would be destroying Manhattan destroying Philadelphia in the manner that they, you know, they, they, they feel absolutely entitled to do that. Yeah. What kind of a country does that? What kind of, what kind of a party incites that? Yeah, you know. Um, and certainly people are starting to blame this on Trump. He has nothing to do with that. He loves New York City, and I'm sure it was as painful to him as it was to me or anybody else who loves New York City to watch the looted windows of stores like uh, along Fifth Avenue and Soho, which Soho took forever to restore after the last rioting streak in, in 1977. Yeah. So I, I think during the summer of Sam that time parallels the summer of Floyd this summer, this past summer, because yeah. it is not, it is not a reason to destroy the country and turn it to socialism. And socialism, it will look like like Fifth Avenue all the time. So I, can, I, I would assume that you're going to be voting for Trump? Well, I'm definitely a huge <laughs> Trump supporter. Um, I think, you know, I think absolutely it's the only way to actually preserve our constitutional liberty at this moment in time. We have no choice. Yeah, Marina, I just admire... Whether or not you like Trump's personality, whether or not if you agree with his tweet um, content, the, the man actually wants to bring America... To prosperity and maintain the freedoms, constitutional rights we have, and we need to support that. Absolutely. Marina, I just genuinely appreciate your contribution to the show here. Uh, your story is so unique. And again, I'm going to let you, uh, the specific title of your book is My Life Through My, my Go ahead. My Life Through My Dress is Growing Up Socialist. It's yeah. available on my website, which is marinaberkovich.com, or you could buy it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. All right, and also reimagine on YouTube. Marina, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Bob, I always appreciate you inviting me. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you, Marina.
her husband, uh, Alex uh, Goldstein, is such a great musician. He actually uh, was an orchestra conductor in the Soviet Union. Amazing. So coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. Chad Savage. He is a uh, uh, direct care physician, primary care physician, and uh, wrote a column about, uh, hey, Joe Biden, what do you really stand for in terms of health care? We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and now building a performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bego, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Right now we have with us Dr. Chad Savage. He is the founded the uh, Your Choice Direct Care, primary care f- uh, physician. He's also uh, written a column, Will the Real Joe Biden Please Stand Up on Healthcare? Uh, Dr. Savage, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me on the show, Bob. My pleasure indeed. By the way, I'd just like to ask you about direct care uh, as sure. a, a primary care physician. It's kind of a, a, a unique movement in the healthcare uh, business or profession. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, it fits in with my article a little bit. You know, years ago, when ACA came in, into effect, it, it really damaged healthcare. Uh, physicians were so encumbered by bureaucracy that we, we were unable to see as many patients, and it decreased the number of patients that, patient, that physicians saw by 20%. 
metrics mm. implementation, which is the equivalent of losing an entire day's worth of productivity per week. And to compound that, doctors were working 20% more hours, so 20% less productive, 20% more work to get that, that level of production. So a lot of doctors started looking for alternatives, and one of them was what I'm doing now, which is called direct primary care. And actually, one of the originators of that model is from Florida, and his name is, is Dr. Lee Gross. And there's another a number of excellent direct primary care doctors in Florida for people to seek out. And what we are is we got out of the insurance company governmentally run healthcare system, and we decided that we can decrease costs and provide better care by not using middlemen, you know, governments and insurance companies between us and our patients. And by doing so, we can decrease their costs because our costs go down so much. My overhead for running my practice went down 50%, um, so I could pass that savings on to my patients. And then to make it even better, we had in-office pharmacies where we can get a 100-day supply of a blood pressure medication like Norvast, as an example, for as low as 70 cents and give it to the patient at that level. We can get uh, blood tests at wholesale prices. I can get things like a CBC, whereas uh, I'm near the University of Michigan, and they'll charge about $90 for that test. We get it for $3.50. Uh, we can get MRIs for which build, you know, three dollars to $4,000 and get them for about $300. So across the board, we can save an incredible amount of money. And we believe we are actually truly helping to fix what's wrong with healthcare, um, not all the middlemen that people are currently seeking to to fix these problems yeah well i i sure uh, getting government out of healthcare, i think is a big step in the right direction yeah. and uh, you know i'm going to suggest that you're able to spend more time with your patients uh, actually uh, uh i would guess uh, that the time you spend with a patient is longer than the time that the <laughs> uh, usual primary care physician might oh no doubt we, we actually schedule in 30 minute and one hour blocks and that compares to about the eight minute in and out so not to digress too much on, on direct primary care, though, I could take up the rest of your show talking about it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the average person commits about 3.5 hours to a medical office visit, driving there, sitting in the waiting room, waiting within the exam room, finally seeing the doctor who rushes in and out, and then going through the laborious checkout process only to drive home again. Um, whereas our patients, we don't call it a waiting room. Basically, it's, it's a hallway now. They walk through it and right into the exam room. We see them almost instantaneously. And then when we, in a non-rust fashion, can address all of their medical concerns because we simply have the time to do so. Yeah. And we're able to accomplish all this not by relying on, on other entities to solve our problems, but by solving them ourselves and working with our patients again. So I, I recommend our listeners to check out Google uh, or, or however you find information, direct care, uh, primary yeah. care, and uh, it, because there's, there are physicians right in our area. I have checked it out. So uh, your column, Will the Real yeah. Joe Biden Please Stand Up on Healthcare? Tell us about yeah. it. Well, yeah. So, so you know, healthcare is a big issue. It's one of the top issues for Americans in, in this election, and yet it's really gotten shockingly little coverage. And I found that the coverage that it is getting seems to be somewhat disingenuous. What amazes me is that Joe Biden, uh, though he's been uh, very elusive as to what his true healthcare plan is, continues to claim that he's doubling down on ACA, uh, you mm -hmm. know, the Obama Obamacare. But if people are realistic about what that was, that, that would be a horrendous idea to, to double down on such a flawed law. I mean, if you ask people, say, well, what is it that you like about ACA? And people will say, well, pre-existing coverage. Mm -hmm. well, okay, well, President Trump signed a, an executive order indicating that he's going to continue uh, coverage of pre-existing conditions. Um, and uh, so that should be a moot point. Well, what else do you like? And usually you'll 
get silenced. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people, is it the individual mandate that you like, the thing that penalized people if they didn't buy an overpriced government sanctioned insurance plan? Was it the various taxes on devices and, and policies that, that they liked or the destruction in choice? Mm. Um, you know, the uh, number of insurance com- uh, products that people could choose from dropped markedly and you started getting regional monopolies after ACA came into existence. So usually people uh, won't claim any of those things. And, and it's a sad testament to propaganda that that people have a favorable opinion of ACA because if, if people just simply draw back on their own experience and look back to 2009, 2010, when this was started, um, Harry Reid was on camera admitting that ACA was uh, a step to single party pair. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the, there was actually pushback from the progressives at that time against ACA. You say, well, why is that? That's something that they would want. Well, their their anger wasn't that ACA was not going in the direction that they wanted. It said it didn't go far enough. They wanted to go directly to single-party payer. And right. there was video of Harry Reid trying to calm them down, going, don't worry, don't worry. This is just a first step. This is just a first step. Yeah. Well, I think we're getting much closer to the second step now. Yeah, I mean, we have so many choices uh, versus doom and gloom and socialism versus the free markets and opportunity. And you're right. I mean, the president not only signed, it's not only him that he said that uh, we're going to cover pre-existing conditions. He said the United States government going forward will cover pre-existing conditions uh, or make sure they're covered. So, I mean, uh, quite frankly, we are have a start. Uh, stark contrast between the programs and the opportunities that we have in this next election. And, uh, you know, if we ended up at single-payer system, can you give us a little, paint a little picture from your own view about what that might look like? Yeah, well, single-party system really means single-choice system, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, people don't always think about that. When you think, think of single-party payer and you ask what that means to people, they will start describing utopian visions of their own ideal for healthcare, right. um, But that's really not what it is. If anybody knows who Ezekiel Emanuel is, he's one of the uh, designers of Obamacare. So it's not likely to be what you envision healthcare to be. It's really going to be the architects of that program like Ezekiel Emanuel uh, designed and in, in 2009. So, okay, well, what do you know what he wants to do? Well, he, he wrote it, thankfully. He has academic papers where he described what a government-run system should look like, and there was something that was he created called the Reaper Curve, and it was a graph that showed the distribution of dollars across the system, and, and what's horrendous about it is it showed at about age 55, the government was going to spend substantially less on your health care, dropping to near zero as you got older, mm-hmm. because essentially you used up your usefulness to society. But what was even worse about that graph, if anybody once looked at it, it was called the Complete Lives uh, theory, I believe, if I'm remembering the name correctly, and you can look it up, it's all over Google still, was that he also applied zero dollars essentially to babies. And the concept being that the government, the society had not invested in them yet, so neither should we invest in, in, in trying to save their life. So, so don't give up your money, don't give up your power, keep it in your pocket, you spend it, you feel your life is, is worth saving. Uh, don't subjugate yourself to uh, another entity like the government. Doctor, I'm so appreciative of the time that you're spending with us. And I, and I just want to underscore how important you're, you're moving towards free market. You have your own direct care uh, practice that uh, right now is to great benefit, in my opinion. I've uh, t- 
to to your uh, patients. So you're moving in the right direction, which is to go free market away from uh, government health care. Uh, Joe Biden represents a move towards what is going to be a, an atrocious government interference in, in our freedom and in our health. So just genuinely appreciate your coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Doctor. Appreciate the time, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dave Bigo. He's a frequent guest on the show. Uh, he's the president and founder of Executive Management Services. He's also the author of a terrific read. Uh, it's called The Devil at Our Doorstep. It really is a, st- a story about... His uh, life for two and a half years fighting off SEIU union bosses and all their dirty tricks. Their dirty tricks came right out of the playbook of the Democrat Party, so you know what I'm talking about. We're going to do that more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Visit the website, thefga.org. We have with us, as I mentioned before the break, Dave Bego. Dave is the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. It's the story of the travails of dealing with union bosses over the course of two and a half years. Briefly, uh, he, he wanted to, uh, they wanted him to sign a neutrality agreement. It sounds pretty benign, but it's not. It basically would give them the opportunity and the, uh, f- the freedom to go sign up his employees for the union using any measure that they, they choose to. Once they got to 50% plus one, voila. Executive management services would have been unionized. But he said, no, if you're going to unionize our shop, you're not going to use intimidation and the methods that uh, might in, you know, inhibit our employees from making the right choice. They're going to have to do it by secret ballot. Well, they fought him for two and a half years. They used all the dirty tricks in the book. He finally prevailed and wrote a book about it, The Devil at Our Doorstep. Dave, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, thanks for having me on, Bob. And uh Happy Halloween to everyone. <laughs> yeah, happy Halloween <laughs> to you as well, Dave. So, I mean, here we are four or five days from, from the election, four days now to, to the election. Uh, uh, any, what, what are the unions up to? Well, I think uh, what people need to know is that uh, Joe Biden, you know, he's endorsing the unions big time. And um, behind the scenes, what this is all about, and, and this even goes back to Pelosi uh, passing um the Right to Organize Act back in February in the House, but um, it's called the PRO Act, 
and it would um, uh, nullify all state right to work laws, mm. which they want to do. And the unions would love that, you know, because and state right to work laws uh, protect indiv individuals from having to join a union or pay dues. And 27 states have right to work laws now, laws that were passed democratically, and um, which have allowed these states to attract employers such as automakers that want more labor flexibility. Um, you know, under right to work, unions can still organize workers, but uh, individuals can opt out if they choose. Yeah, and Biden will reverse all that. Yeah, it, the Pro Act also expands the universe of workers subject to unionism by adopting California's ABC test. Uh, so you know, independent contractors and all that. Um, so the gig economy and everything would really be. Yeah, they'd be considered. They'd be considered employees for for the purposes of yeah. unionization, and, and, and that would all go away. See, here's uh, the, here's the thing, Dave. I mean, it seems to me unions are businesses. They should be able to offer benefits, and if people see the benefit, they they could join the union. But uh, quite frankly, unions, in my opinion, today, especially like uh, SEIU, just don't offer real value. What they're they're just machines to churn out dollars to uh, the Democrat Party. Well, that's exactly right. And they really don't know how to be successful uh, being business people in a free market society. And uh, and just a couple other things on this PRO Act. It also tilts uh, labor against business targets. Mm. Um, it, it would require employers to share all the workers' personal information, um, including emails and cell numbers and everything with union organizers, uh, even without a worker's consent. This open up, opens workers to union harassment. And he wants to go back and codify Barack Obama's ambush election rule, shortening the notice for snap elections and giving companies little time to tell workers what they might lose when a union organizes. Wow. So, you know, this this election, as I've said before, is all about the unions behind the scenes and the far left. Very scary stuff, Dave. I mean, you know... Uh if you, it's not only the unionization and the, uh, taking fifteen dollar an hour and those types of movements, uh, but it's it's also health care just on a number of fronts. It's it's leading to a socialist America. That's the choice we have between I think it's doom and gloom and uh, free markets and and uh, opportunity. That's exactly right. Uh, these uh, these people on the far left, they don't know how to be successful in a free market, and uh, so the only way that they uh, can move forward is to turn us into a socialist communist country without God in it. So Dave, I mean, here we are a few days from the election and, uh, what are your prognosis? What do you, what are your thoughts? What's going to happen? I think Trump can win, but I think it's going to be tight. And, um, uh, I'll tell you what does scare me though, is some of these, um, states like Pennsylvania and North Carolina and that, um, uh, you know, they're allowing mail-in ballots and everything. <clears throat> to be uh, uh, okay until, like, November 12th and that. Right. Which, you know, if if, if Trump is ahead, you're going to have other people put stuff in on the left to, to help and uh, Joe beat Trump. Yeah. Well, I you know, the, it has to be postmarked, but hopefully we're going to have— uh, I know that uh, the uh, Trump administration is— Really looking into and ha trying to have the law support free elections and fair elections, not to have ballot box, box stuffing and that type of thing. So it's true that uh, the the uh, Supreme Court didn't look at that case, but uh, well, we'll just hope for the best. I quite frankly, Dave, I think he's going to win 
substantially in uh, all the. I think he's actually going to have over three hundred uh, votes in the uh, electoral college. Well, I think so too, and and people I talk to in that, um, you know, they are really for it. And uh, I don't know if you get the email I sent you out um, yesterday. But Jack Nicholas uh, sent out a letter about President Trump, and it was really a great letter. Yeah. And uh, approving of Trump in that. And the only thing that he noticed about Trump in there is that he, he need, Trump needs to watch his tweets and some of his comments at times. But he really stood behind him. And I sent that to, out to people all over the country, and I got so much positive back on it, Bob. It was unbelievable. I actually covered it on the show today because it's, you know, because of, first of all, well-formulated comments and, and letter, number one. But number two, coming from a guy who knows him, number and two, who's uh, actually, what did he win? Something like 78 uh, PGA championships. Just an amazing record as a golfer. Yes, yes. And um, I think he came across uh, uh, really really well and uh so i just had to send it out to everybody and i did and uh i got so many positive emails back saying this is spot on dave we love it yeah well this is a really a, uh, this is a we're at the crossroads dave it's <laughs> if if joe biden wins i mean i, I just can't imagine what's going to happen to this country well i know it's it's i've, I've told you i think they're going to bring it down joe is you know he is um, hypocritical, you know, he says he wants this, he wants all this, he's going to do these things and, and uh, you know, all that. But uh, the truth is, uh, Joe is, Joe is behind the scenes. He's, he's not a moderate as he's trying to no, tell everybody. No. He's, he's a far left person. Yeah. And also he's saying, you know what, I'm Kamala Harris is a running mate. I think it's, that's a dog whistle to say that, you know, I'm going to probably resign and let her run the country. It's president. (laughs) You know, he, I mean, literally that's a possibility. Oh, it is. It is. And and I think even if he won, they would still have her run the company behind the scenes or country behind the scenes. Yeah. Scary stuff. Indeed. Again, Dave, Bego, B-E-G-O, The Devil at Our Doorstep is the website. It's also the name of the book, The Devil at Our Doorstep. Get a copy on my website uh, at a nice discount, I might add, or any book purveyor, including Amazon. Dave, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on, and I hope people read my book because it'll explain to these people what's going on in America today. Absolutely. Thank you, Dave. That's the truth, too. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, I send out a newsletter after each show about the content of the show. You can send me an email at bobharden.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, any comments on the show. Always appreciate receiving and hearing from you, so I appreciate uh, the emails that I receive. bobharden at hotmail.com. Coming up on Monday, we're going to visit with Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Our topic always on Monday mornings is what's going on on the globe, and he always has up-to-the-minute breaking news. Uh, We have a difference of opinion how we see somewhat of a globalist. I tend to support President Donald Trump, of course, so uh, there's always a little tension in our discussions, but it's healthy, and I hope you enjoy it. We'll also visit with Larry Reed, the President Emeritus of the uh, Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg is former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. He's written a couple of books, Follow the Leader and Shake the Money Tree, two great murder mysteries located in Washington, D.C. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or a great weekend as well, or wherever you are. Namaste.
Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>